Welcome to the Playoffs of Life podcast with your host, Adrian Hatcher. And your host, Kelsey Thomas. This year, we are making a few changes, and the biggest one is the addition of our new hosts on the show, Kelsey Thomas, where each episode we will be diving into some of our favorite topics, as well as the random things in life that we enjoy debating on a daily basis. This can range from movies, TV shows, food, relationship advice, and so much more throughout the year. We are so excited to get the season started with all of you. We have plenty of ideas for the show, and we can't wait to get your feedback on the show as we continue to grow and find our group. You can support the show by checking out the links on our main page, as well as the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and of course, Anchor. Once again, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Playoffs of Life show with your host, Adrian Hatcher. Your co-host, Kelsey Thomas. We are back with an installment of the ANC Movie Reviews. Today, we're going to be reviewing the film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We're really excited to do this film. What me and Kelsey are going to do is just give a brief synopsis, and then we'll get into the expectation we had for the movie, as well as how we felt throughout it. And at the end, uh, we'll give our rating on what we thought about it going forward, so... Spoiler warning if that isn't already obvious. Yes, spoiler warning indeed. So let's give that brief synopsis. The film follows Miles Morales across the Spider-Verse after reuniting with Gwen Stacy. Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters the Spider Society, a team of Spider-People charged with protecting the multiverse's very existence. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders and must set out on his own to save those he loves most. Anyone can wear the mask. It's how you wear it that makes you a hero. So would you like to go first on your expectation going into the movie? My expectation going into the movie was great music, great graphics, and just a wonderful action-packed movie and i believe that all those expectations were met for sure i remember when they first showed the design for miles people were a little upset that he changed me too i won't lie but um they they you don't see that his character looks different his animation styles changed a little bit his curl patterns changed a little bit yeah like those subtle things but he's changed. Okay. And um, and you know, for animated characters, they don't change unless you're changing the animation style. Yeah. Um, so, but they played it in nicely. They still showed clips of his younger self and did the age gap, time gap, to try mm-hmm. to make it seem like, oh, this isn't a new style. He just grew up, even though it is low key a, a new style. But yeah. Yeah. My boy. But when they say he was 15, I thought. He you know, he looked like an 18 year old. How old was he in the first one? I really don't remember because I thought he was probably 15 in the first one. Right, because 15, I don't know. I thought at least 16, 17 mm-hmm. would have been. He kept talking about how he's this grown man now and you gotta make your own decisions. Now he's in high school, so he hasn't. I don't think he graduated yet. Because they're talking about like college applications at the beginning. Why would he graduate? Yeah, he's 15, Adrian. That's what I'm saying. But at 15, were we getting ready for college applications and stuff like that? I was. You weren't. 
Okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> I don't remember being at 15 years old. He's trying to get into Princeton. Oh, that's right. That's right. He is trying to get into this preppy New Jersey school. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, my expectation preppy was... Preppy New Jersey schools? You mean like one of the top schools in the country? So that's a, it's, so they picked a legit school. That's a legit school. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, he was talking about it. So I, I thought it was interesting. Um, just when he said 15, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. Because it's, up, it's up there with looking. Harvard. Yeah. Kristen like is. Right. Yeah. So my expectation was pretty much the same. Um, going off the first one, it was really good. Uh, I don't think anybody really go was going into this movie thinking it wasn't going to hold up animation-wise. I thought it would definitely get better. I was very surprised um, in that, like in a good way. You know, they did a lot of different animation styles through a lot of different colors and, and things at you, and your brain is processing it all. It looks so beautiful. That's if there's one thing the film just always does great is it holds up animation-wise and how it translates on the screen for the story. Um, Absolutely. The story to me uh, was very good. Can we good. talk about the music first? The music? Real quick? Yeah, we can. I do want to say the one thing I liked better, the first movie, than the second one, I thought the first one had better music. Like mm. The first movie, I still have that playlist on repeat currently. So the music, there was no like standout new songs from the movie that made me like, ooh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Or even like old songs that they put in that was just like, had me focus on the music, like mm-hmm. the first one. Okay. Uh, they had like a lot of instrumental. Right. You notice? It kept, it got me hyped listening because the instrumental scenes were you li- literally the scenes when he was getting chased a lot. Right. They were building tension. Right. They had a lot of instrumental, which is nothing wrong with that, but just, I just remember the music being such a, like Post Malone, if he wasn't already blown up, he definitely blew up after that movie. Gotcha. With, that was that last movie was like what five years ago. So yeah, he might not have been as big as a star as he at the time as he is now, especially. But the release of that movie, like everybody was playing Sunflower after that. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was such a it kind of went with the movie. Like you right. that song, you thought of the movie, or if you saw the movie, you thought of the song. Right. Yeah, it went hand in hand. Okay, the music. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I, yeah, like you said, I can't think of anything memorable. I just know it was great. Right. It just went with the movie, but I can't think of... Yeah, I'm not saying that the music they picked didn't fit. Right. It fit. It just... It was just typical. Not typical, but it was just like, okay, this is good music that fits this movie, but not like, I want to download this playlist. Right, right. Like, I was so much more encapsulated with the story and how that played out. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and say how you felt throughout the movie? Like, what it gave you and um, how you just overall felt about it? I felt, I really liked the movie. I'll start by saying that. Um, really loved the movie. Um, I liked all the family aspects. I liked the, this. there was a scene with his dad talking to Spider-Man about his son. And I just thought that was the cutest, most heartwarming scene. Because like, what would you do if you could talk to your parents about you, but they didn't know it was you? What would you say? You know, I thought that was a very good scene. And, um, I like the pacing of the movie. Um, I listened to some reviews and some people were saying they didn't like all the family stuff at the beginning, but I enjoyed it. Like it sets up how hard it is for him to be lying to his parents. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know, that I feel yeah. like family that was a big was part a big of him. Thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. If I thought, if I think about what I would, what I would describe, like if one word to describe a movie, I would say uh, constant, kind of like like tension, tension. That'd be the word I use because the movie doesn't really even start with Miles. And I thought that was a great uh, story beat. You know, most of the time you have you have to really have a cohesive story, not to introduce your main character and still have me hooked. Uh, Miles' character doesn't even be introduced until we go a little bit deeper into Gwen's backstory. They start off about how she feels. Uh, well, she talks through. about Miles in the beginning. She does. She does. She but we don't actually like see him like grown up or anything until like a little bit further. It, right. and it doesn't take long, but. You know, uh, they take the necessary amount of time to dive into her story, which I really liked. And, right. Um, them setting Not, up. Oh, go ahead. I was just say, like, with the second movie, you know who the characters are. You know, you don't necessarily have to start off with the main character. You know who True. the main character is going into this if you've seen the first one. True. They even give like a little recap too. Like they they do narrative recaps of, oh, this is my story and this is same like they, what they did in the first one. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm the amazing Spider Man. You got bit by a spider. You know the rest. Yeah, yeah. They did that a, a lot, a few times in this movie. Maybe yeah. like three or four times. Because it's only Spider Man. Right. <laughs> So, not that I mind it. No, nah, I didn't mind it at all. I really feel like if if you're going to do a intro to all these Spider-Mans, you got to make it interesting. And right. Because we don't know who all these Spider-Mans are unless you read every comic book. And I do not read any of the comic books. I was introduced <laughs> to some that I, like, there was at least three Spider-Man I never heard of that I know now because of this movie. Um, so throughout the movie, after we get the Gwen's backstory, we get a little bit into Miles. Of course, he's been lying. He's Spider-Man, so he lies to the people he loves to protect them. And uh, we get probably the most underrated villain I've ever seen in an animated movie. We get this joke of a character named The Spot. Um, of course, the movie sets him up as to be this nemesis, and Spider-Man doesn't really take it seriously until we kind of hear a little bit of how he actually became a villain. And then the dude's smart enough to like become more powerful throughout the movie and actually become a threat that we actually respect towards the end of the movie. So, um, and I would argue that he was him? a little bit giving Miles the business in the beginning. I mean, it's not like Miles was saying, like, why can't you just be a regular villain? Because okay. like Miles was talking crap, but like he, it, it wasn't like he just easily whooped the spots, but like. Mm -hmm. He didn't. The spot got away several times during that fight, and uh, Miles shouldn't have been so. You ain't a real villain. I ain't taking you serious. When he, the spot was literally like he's sticking like, with him. Yeah, good power. It's it's like when you know how to control it. It's right. Very hard he just to didn't know how to control guy. it. Right. Just to give some backstory, the spot is basically a villain that was created due to this machine. Um, called the Collider. It, it was referenced in the first movie. Basically, this machine is also the machine that brought the spider that actually gave Miles his powers to this, this dimension. And during that, um, during that uh, scene, we also see that the villain was created due to Miles gaining his powers. So they kind of went hand in hand. They both earned their powers around the same time. And as Miles' life was getting better, the spot's life was getting worse. Basically, his family doesn't love him anymore. They don't look at him he can't do anything he's basically just stuck as what he is and he blamed miles for all the bad happening in his life so, even though he's the one that brought the spider true very to true the universe. you don't talk about that he's like i created you but i'm not i'm blaming you for all this that has happened to me 
Right. So as we go throughout the movie, we finally get to probably the it's meat almost and potatoes. Like, sorry, the mm. chicken or the egg. Yeah. Because it's like, because even with the Spider-Mans that are trying to get Miles, it's like, who's is it spots or miles mm-hmm. and then same question that spot is trying to and miles is trying to they're all trying to figure out whose fault is it really it's really spot's fault for bringing the spider over that's a, to that's, me that's, that's a good but, argument for, for it being more it, I don't even know if it's really it's the spot's fault you know, he's the one that brought the spider to that universe spot was like one of the scientists he wasn't like the like it was in the first movie it was a whole thing he was just there he was part of the project and it just happened he got he wasn't just there he was passionate about it scientists be passionate about what they're doing Mm -hmm. they don't just be i mean sometimes they just do it for the money but he seemed like he was passionate about what he was doing and he he was enthralled in the science of it all and the amazingness of it all and it just backfired on him mm-hmm. now him getting hit with the donut that was just him being there like that was uncalled right. for <laughs> i thought that see that's what that's them setting up him as like not this big villain because that played a role in him like actually getting affected by the machine and it's just miles just miles even said made the joke he's like i throw stuff at villains all the time like this this isn't really my fault but that's what the spot kept. That was a good callback because I acted like when they said that, like I visibly remember that scene, like even without them showing, like I remember them running and him throwing donuts right. as weapon. Like, so it was a good callback. They had a lot of like callbacks and references in this movie. Like there, it's like, this movie is like 70% callbacks and references. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as we go along with the movie, uh, we finally get into the, like, the deeper part of the story uh, where he, Miles Morales is, uh, I guess, in, he, he gets encapsulated because of Gwen. Gwen kind of puts him into the radar of the Spider Society, this group of Spider-Men that basically protect the multiverse. And they're all connected by these these things called Nexus events where they basically sacrifice the I don't demon. I they're called Nexus events. It's not Nexus. What was it called? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. We were calling it Nexus events because we couldn't remember. But okay, well, these events that happen in their lives that lead to them becoming fully fledged Spider-Man, like they all have to go through these cores or like something like that, core moments or what something like that. Started with C, I think. Okay, Catalyst. I, I I feel like I feel like it was some close to what we're thinking. As we go about the movie, we get to a point where um, Miles has to make a choice. They basically, the Spider Society has been built off this foundation that if they don't allow these events to actually happen to each Spider-Man, um, it's going to lead to the whole multiverse being destroyed. Um, Miles realizes that what they're really trying to tell him is that the only way that things can stay balanced and that everybody can be happy in the Spider-Verse is if he lets his father, who's soon to be captain, die. He ain't saying that. He's saying, this is my daddy. I'm I'm saving him regardless of what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm saying this is what they're telling him. They're telling him in order for the Spider-Verse to stay the way it is, he needs to let this happen. And Miles, oh. is like, Miles is like, no, I'm not with that. I'm not about to just let my dad die. Just act like it's supposed to just be cool with this. So it eventually leads to him actually going up against 
pretty much thousands of Spider-Men trying to get back to his own. His old friends included. Mm -hmm. And eventually Gwen and um, I forgot what is Peter. I forgot what Peter that was, but Peter would have been his mentor. His mentor. Peter would have baby this this in this movie. His mentor. Um, they of course they're on my they love Miles, you know, they they know Miles better than all these other Spider-Men. And they're actually on the side of uh, our other character, Miguel O'Hara, who's Spider-Man 2099, basically the leader of the Spider Society. You know, he's been through some tragedy in his life and he feels like he's the best man for the job to basically keep everything in order and to make sure that Miles is following orders and making sure. Okay, he hasn't been through some tragedy in his life. He destroyed, he tried to change an event and it caused a catastrophic repercussions, meaning his whole, the whole universe that he tried to change. That sounds like a tragedy. That's not a, a tragedy. Somebody died. One person died. He lost his daughter. His his daughter was not, like, he didn't have a daughter in his real universe. Well, Those lost, weren't his children. The other universe daughter that he wanted. It's to. not, the, the tragedy wasn't that that one person died, Adrian. The, the tragedy is that the whole universe collapsed and nobody in that universe existed anymore. Right, but but he also he went there for to, to live the life of that that version of him and he lost all of that he yes the but the point is the whole point that he's making is it's not about one person mm-hmm. that's the whole point it's not about like oh i lost my daughter it's about the whole, billions of people dying mm-hmm. that's what he's trying to get miles to to, to realize understand. it's not about any one person okay and um that's why he's so righteous about what he's doing because it's sacrificing a few for the many mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. no you're right we get to uh, pretty much like a, a standoff I guess you would put it like Miles' ideal of I can basically save everybody and still save my universe and throughout this movie um we really this which movie, is kind of like okay how you gonna do that he don't have no real plan well, he, he just, has a plan he didn't have a plan he was just running he you know what he had a plan while he was running no he was he coming at he said he said I was, i'm still choosing which one that's not having a plan okay that's coming up with it on the fly but it's it gotta be hard to come up with a plan when you got thousands of other spider-man chasing you not really you'd be surprised about your fire flight instincts mm-hmm. kicking in and can, we can just say miles is really smart or, All the Spider-Mans are really smart. We know that Miles is smart. Mm-hmm. That's not a question. Was he, he was, at that moment? He was smarter than others. He, he basically outmaneuvered every other Spider-Man in that That doesn't make him smarter. That makes him more. I think that makes him like one of the top Spider-Mans, okay. ability-wise. Okay. I don't know if that makes him smarter. Mm-hmm. But it may, definitely makes him. But they're all smart. Mm-hmm. Like they're Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like the smartest, one of the smartest characters. Mm-hmm. So, and then we also get uh, we also get back into learning about the spot. Like we said, he was pretty much the first half of the movie. It was kind of a, a joke, and then as the movie goes on, he realizes that he can actually go into multiple dimensions. So he aims to become more powerful. His ultimate goal is to become powerful enough to be Spider-Man's true nemesis, to be a to be the one to take everything from him. Which talk about small-minded thinking. I mean, mm. you already like he was already like sticking with Mar- in my opinion, he was already hanging with Miles mm. during that little battle that they had. Mm. No, maybe not. Miles wasn't putting his all into it. 
and he was um but like by like get after absorbing like two or three dimensions you know portal things he was already strong enough he just when he went and kept getting more and more and kept getting more powerful and then he was all basically they showed him all spot with a little bit of white Mm -hmm. he was way overpowered miles like think bigger world dominations i mean not to say that i don't like his character i do Mm -hmm. but i was just thinking like that's your whole goal is to be a true nemesis of of miles Mm -hmm. like in a crazy Think bigger, way, sir. He was he's destroying <laughs> he's destroying the whole universe. No, he's destroying Miles' world. Well he destroyed the uh Indian And not really, Spider-Man's he's not world. even destroying it. He no, he didn't destroy the Indian Spider-Man's world. He Miles did. Okay. No, he yeah. wasn't oh, trying that's to. Right. That's right. He was just trying to get the reactor stuff. Right. So Miles saving um That world destroying got nothing to do with Spot. Miles did that, which is what the Spider-Mans were arguing. Like, you keep going in and changing stuff. Nobody's asking you to change stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so Miles basically averts one of these events that is supposed to happen. And by him doing that, he inadvertently is causing, uh, like, I guess they kept saying it was like a giant web that is connected. And he's breaking... He's breaking, yeah, he's breaking the Spider-Verse down. I like the way they, they did that recap, too. It was really cool. Um, he's breaking the Spider-Verse down by not allowing these events to happen. And eventually, when it breaks down, it causes all these worlds to start to just disappear. Um, um, and even throughout the movie, uh, I think Miles really struggles with identity. Like, being able to... Um, being able to... Uh, feel like he can he has true freedom in his choice of being spider-man and it's kind of like every turn he makes people keep telling him what to do and how he's supposed to do it and like any teenager he doesn't he doesn't agree with it he's not feeling that right and like any superhero really like most superheroes believe they can save everybody they they'll soon find out if that's true or not but we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll find out. They don't tell us in this movie. Okay. Well, we can get we can get to that part because I know that's the, probably the the part that we have the most uh, divisive take on. So as the movie reaches, well, its... the pothole first. Okay. Pothole. Yeah, I just thought there was a. I felt like there was a pothole in the whole. You can't change these events; they have to happen, or the world's gonna end. Mm-hmm the universe is gonna end but Gwen by joining the spider people correlation or whatever unless that was supposed to happen which maybe that was the case and then and, and, and that just wasn't made clear to me mm-hmm. as the viewer but Gwen changed her father's course he was no longer the chief Gwen's father in my mind was Gwen's father not headed to die do you want to give the backstory on Gwen's uh, father that led up to that moment? Like what occurred that even got Gwen really... Uh... Well, yeah, in the beginning we talked about how they showed Gwen's backstory and basically Gwen killed her Peter Parker, but she didn't. But he was transformed into like a giant alligator, like effing people up. And so, but she didn't know it was Peter Parker. She murdered him. Her, her dad found, saw, you know, the lady spider. Murder's a strong. I mean, he, killed, he battling he, but he's killed. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, what she did caused him to die. That's 
I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> it's a hit and run murder. That's the way we put it, like she was like, because the whole thing was the dad was saying was like, you murdered uh, uh, Spider Spider Man Spider Woman. Well, I'm she telling about it from friend. his perspective. Okay, like, I'm telling this is how it happened. She murdered Peter Parker, and then her dad walked in on it, didn't know it was her, but assumed the Spider Woman was evil and that murdered Peter Parker, like for malicious intent. He didn't see Peter Parker as the alligator, whatever. Because if it wasn't Peter Parker and it was just an alligator and that alligator died, would you say she murdered him? You're just saying no because it's Peter. Because if she knew it was Peter Parker, she wouldn't have murdered him. But if it was just an alligator effing people up and she did that, would you say she murdered him? Yeah, I guess, yeah. You could say you could say murder. It's like when you when you think about superheroes, you don't think that they she just murder didn't know, these people. But they, they do. They're doing a necessary service. So, you know what I'm but saying? But they do. But, but the word who's, is who's they do decides who lives and dies. I mean, that's the whole point of the, the judicial are making that decision for them. Yes, but that's the whole point of the judicial system. If we all just decide who lives or dies, mm-hmm. that makes us all villains. Because mm-hmm. they're like vigilantes in general. So it's like as a vigilante. Yes, but that can quickly go from being like who decides what's right and wrong. That's true. A vigil like they a vigilante could quickly become a villain by their own idolizer. We see it happening right now with the main Spider Man. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, the, the father saw Peter supposedly murdered by the Spider-Woman. He's hunting her for months. He eventually finds out that Gwen is Spider-Woman, and he decides he's going to arrest her. He decides, I don't care that you are my daughter. I'm going to take you down anyway. Gwen leaves, goes to the Spider-Coalition Co- or whatever, the Spider-Headquarters or whatever for months. During that time that she's gone, we find out later that her dad, towards the end of the movie, we find out that her dad quit being the chief, which somewhere in the mid of the movie, which is the whole reason why Miles was trying to save his dad, apparently the chief always has to die, is what they're making it seem like. Is that correct? I would... I thought they were because that's what happened. There has to be like a, a necessary sacrifice, and just because the Spider Man's all connected, usually it's like they lead to it being the chief. Like if the dad or Uncle Ben are always doing something that leads. But to it's it. I thought that to me, I think they're showing that it has to be the, a chief and an Uncle Ben. Yeah, I because it was just like a correlation. Like oh, they always just happen to be. If that's the case, then why does Miles' dad have to die? See, that's that's the plot hole right there. Yeah. But because like that's also thinking that every Spider-Man's dad is gonna be no no that's not because the Indian guy that wasn't his dad that was that was was Gwen's dad that was about to die yeah the Indian the Indian Spider Mm -hmm. the Pakistani I don't know what his race is but his little girlfriend's uh, father that was Gwen's dad and he was about to die okay so that's just it was just the chief of the universe either their friends is. It doesn't have to be the chief is Peter Spider-Man's dad. It can be Spider-Man's friend. It can be Spider-Man's girlfriend's dad. It can be... They just have a relationship that that affects Peter or Spider-Man when the chief dies in every universe is how I saw it. Okay. So the whole thing with Miles messing up, you know... 
what is that Spider-Man's correct name? I don't want to keep saying the Indian Spider-Man because that just seems like, I don't know, racist? <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I to be honest with you, I don't know. It had to be something that we couldn't spell initially, that we just couldn't say it off the top of our heads. I was trying to get his number. I wasn't trying to get like his name. Okay. Okay, he's Spider-Man from Earth 5101. 5101, okay, cool. So we'll just say Spider-Man 5101. Yes, he, yeah, he had the choice to save Gwen or Gwen's father. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it looked like he was going to choose to save Gwen and the chief was going to die. If and that and because Miles went and saved the chief, that caused Spider-Man 50 101's whole like world to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. I just thought that showed like if this doesn't happen, this will happen. Mm-hmm. So Gwen's father quitting and not dying as chief is that not causing a, a like a change that could cause the whole thing to implode yes it, or are they trying to imply that now there's a new chief that's gonna die or is it because Gwen is not really in that universe like what like there's so many possible like it just it's not explained and to me it's a big plot hope that I don't understand one thing that we really couldn't get an definitive answer on to say like okay this is what they were trying to portray in the movie because even if it's not that the chief specifically has to die you know that main spider-man of the spider-man headquarters which spider-man was that the headquarters yeah uh 2099 that spider-man all he did was take the place of a spider-man that already died and because he wanted a family yeah and him doing that, he didn't save anybody's life. He just took the place of somebody, and that caused his whole dimension to crumble. Well, the so dimension it's like, that he went into. Right? Yeah, yeah, the dimension that he went into to crumble. So it's like, that makes it seem like any change you make causes it to crumble. So like, which one is it? it does it, these specific things have to happen, or anything can can happen? Like, I just, I don't, it's just a pothole to a, me. It's a pothole, for sure. I think we had like this huge debate over we didn't feel like because I, I was trying to argue that uh, this was intentional and then you were like no they just didn't I mean, know how to really put this together the right way to make me like not question it 